This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product, services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the BBC Good Food podcast with me, Miriam Nice. In this episode, I'm speaking to our guest today, Chef Will Bulby of Cricket, about his favourite dish, chicken in a pot. Before we get into that, let me tell you a little bit about Will. If I get any of this wrong, Will, just shout shout out. Okay? I will. <laughs> his career in food started when he joined the local pub in his teens as a kitchen porter, before setting up a catering company which helped him pay his way through university. He then joined the team at the now-closed Le Café Anglais, run by the esteemed British chef Roly Lee, before moving to Cheval in Mumbai as their head chef for two years. Following various cooking jobs across India, Will returned to London and worked at Cinnamon Kitchen under the guidance of Vivek Singh before setting up cricket with friend Rick Campbell. That sound, That's sounds all right? correct. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Welcome to the podcast. So tell us a bit about how you got into cooking and how it's led you to where you are. I guess my, my interest in food kind of started when I was very young. Um, my grandmother was a great cook and um, going to her house and having her cook for me, all sorts of different things was um, kind of sparked an interest, I guess. Um, I think probably as a profession, I, I kind of thought age 10, that's what I wanted to do. Um, it was a rise of Jamie Oliver on television, I think appealed it showed it showed cooking in a new light for me and ever since then I've 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 been set on on that as a career yeah you sort of hear it talked about quite a lot you know Jamie sparked this interest mm. in cooking for people it's mm. nice to meet someone who's like yeah no that actually did and now I'm a chef like that's yeah. really cool yeah yeah I just remember watching on TV I, I think it made cooking kind of accessible more accessible anyway kind of cool 
maybe at the time. And I just, yeah, I, I just remember, I mean, you know, I started wanting to be a footballer <laughs> as every young kid wants to be. And then, um, and then, but this was my first serious kind of thought into what I really want to do. Have you got a spiral staircase that you slide down? Unfortunately not. I wanted one. <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah, I wanted one. Yeah, but no. And tell me more about your granny's cooking. What was that like? So my mum was, was brought up in Uganda and Kenya um, with my grandmother. So she used to host sort of big lunches out there whereby she would make all sorts of different sort of curries and I guess maybe sort of slightly westernized ideas of curries. And that's what she gave me back in Sussex, where my family are from. But, you know, she, she was she was very much a, a home cook, but her range was very extensive. You know, I've still got her handwritten um, recipes at home, which I find very interesting to go through. I love scrolling back through uh, the history of, of food. I find it very interesting and in how it's developed over time. But she, you know, she used to feed me all sorts of things. And what was it like? Um, what about Roly Lee's approach did you really like when you worked with him? Well, when I met Roly, I, I was sort of, I asked him a question saying, you know, how how do I get into this industry? I want to have my own restaurant one day. And he just said, do you want a job in the kitchen? Well, I didn't go asking for a job, but I just said yes. And I was there for the next two years. And I guess what he taught me, what his kitchen taught me, was the basics, classical French cooking, which I think if you have that in your armory, it's, it gives you license to do anything you want, really. So, you know, I started on the vegetable section over Christmas, which was a baptism of fire. Oh, yeah, that's the deep end. It really was. Um, and uh, I worked my way around the sections and finished on the sauce section and... Yeah, it was a hugely valuable experience. Very, very tough, very hard work. But I learned a huge amount and it really kind of set me up for for what was the next move in my career. And we're talking about your favorite dish today. So mm. tell us what you've chosen to bring. Um, it, it's called chicken in a pot. And I guess my mum has cooked it for me since I was... Um, for as long as I can remember. And whenever I go home now, it's she knows it's, it's, it's what I need <laughs> when I walk through the door. And it, it's just a dish that reminds me of home. It's deeply comforting and nostalgic, very easy to make. And like I said, it's, it's number one on my list whenever I go home. When was the first time she made it for you? I, I don't remember specifically, it, but I, I just remember eating it forever, really. <laughs> so I, I, when was the first time? I'm not so sure, but I, we, I've been eating it f consistently over the years since I was very young. Would you say it's like a special occasion dish or just any time? Maybe it was a special occasion back in the day, but now now I'm, I ask for it so regularly. I guess I don't go home that often, so it's special to me. It's not grand or opulent or you know it's 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 pretty low-key in terms of its approach and the ingredients but to me it's special and what goes in it so um first of all you need a, a big pot that will will house a chicken in it with a with a lid basically but you put a whole chicken into the pot you surround the chicken with shallots and garlic and tomatoes and herbs any herbs that you have really 
And then you kind of douse the whole thing in, in white wine and, and olive oil, season it, and, that, and that's it. You put it in the oven with the lid on, and then it's ready kind of an hour later. Is there a special chicken in a pot, pot that your mum has? Is there a specific one? Yeah, there's a sort of oval-shaped, deep oval-shaped blue Le Creuset, or blue or red one. I think we have one of each that is um, very important, I think, uh, because the chicken wants to be snugly fitted into the pot. And as as everything cooks at the same time, it sort of it reduces. And so you really want to cram it all in there. Yeah, so the, the pot is very important. And also, I have an agar at home, and I think that does make the dish taste better at the end. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. And what do you serve it with? Rice. Just, just white rice, basmati rice with lots of butter in it. Is there a secret that you have to making it so good? The rice? The rice. Um, there's lots of different ways of cooking rice. Lots of different ways. No, yeah, <laughs> I, sh- I, sh- I should know how to make rice. Um, <laughs> but I would say that despite the lots of various ways in which you can cook it, I think the secret to cooking good rice is to treating the rice very carefully. So you don't want to break it up when you're cooking it. So whenever you're stirring it or after you've cooked it, be very gentle in your approach to fluffing it up. <laughs> yeah, I read somewhere like don't use it. One recipe said like don't use a fork, use just the paddle. Or, yeah, just yeah. be gentle. Okay. Yeah. And lots of butter in the end. That always um, helps. Yeah. Anything else, like any other vegetables that you'd have or no. drinks with it? No, oh, no. That, so you're very quite definite about that. That's yeah. good. <laughs> Sadly, I sometimes put mayonnaise on the side, but that that that's just my kind of um, sort of, that's my problem. Um, <laughs> but but really, there's, there is no... There's no alternative to the to, to cooking this dish. You can have it with mashed potato, but really rice is best and you don't need anything else. And what kind of memories does it evoke for you? Just home, really. Just 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 going home. So we live on the forest, Ashdown Forest in Sussex, and I've been there all my life. So it's all I know is home. And it just reminds me, you know, whenever I drive down from London, which isn't too often you know, the moment I get up onto the top of the forest to then drive down to to my mum and dad, I, I know what I'm going to get when I go through the door. And it's just pure nostalgic comfort food. You said that you can use, like, any herbs. Is there anything that's, like, non-negotiable in making it? Um, yeah, t- just grab what you can get from, from your, your pots or your garden. Or, I mean, what is good? Rosemary, thyme, tarragon and basil, I would say, would, would be the the preference yeah. um, but but like I said if, if you've got other things like sage or chives hanging around then throw them in we asked you about it on email and you, you said you tried making it with you know some different bits and bobs and that hadn't hadn't worked what what did you do wrong when you tried making it I just think I, I, I thought at one stage how could I how could I perhaps show this dish to the general public in a in a kind of maybe a refined form? And I, I quickly shot myself down. There's no point. It's it is what it is, and um, some things are best uh, left um, as as they are. 
Do you know how your mum first discovered it? I don't. I should know. Yeah, I, sh- <laughs> I, I will ask her. Yeah, I, I don't know, actually. I know she has like a, a collection of very old handwritten little kind of notepads, recipes that sit in a box in the kitchen. But where this recipe came from, I will now find out. And um, if by some wild stretch of the imagination, there's some left over, mm. what, would you, what would you suggest? So, I mean, nothing, again, too extravagant. I would probably just reheat it and eat it again. And it tastes just as good, if not better, the next day. Or, so the, the sauce that is created from it kind of jellifies in the bottom of the pot and you've got your whole cloves of garlic in there and your onions and your tomatoes etc so you can kind of spread that on hot toast and top it with the chicken and make a really delicious sandwich that sounds really good yeah there's a dish i tried in i think it's the black forest in germany where they Mm -hmm. kind of cut down lots of trees and things and it's like really hard work and they have Mm. this really nice sort of dark bread and they put like a thick layer of kind of pork fat just on top of it and that's the dish just when i read that you said that about this this dish i was like this bread and dripping is is absolutely delicious Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and you said that it's that kind of jellified, that kind of extra treat. I'm guessing you kind of steal that in the kitchen. Is there any other kind of treats, like those sort of chef treat things that you would suggest? From this dish? or From any dish, yeah. I mean, what you just spoke about, I can't resist on a, a, a Sunday <laughs> roast getting some getting some bread and dipping it into the top layer of the, the gravy, which is usually fat. Um, yeah, it, you can't really go wrong. Yeah, um, you're quite clear as well in the recipe. Everything goes in the pot mm-hmm. raw, like mm-hmm. you don't brown anything. No. How's that? So it's sort of poached in a way, in its own. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's it's baked, isn't it? I mean, when when the lid is on the dish, it's it's effectively baking and steaming within its within the pot. You take the lid off in the last twenty minutes, and that kind of browns up the skin a bit. But the result that you get is a very juicy chicken and. Yeah, so, you know, you don't need too much colour on the whole thing. It's the sauce kind of steams the chicken in the, in the, in the pot and it, it, it just makes the whole thing delicious. It sounds like it sort of fills the whole house with a really nice... Yeah, yeah, there's a very well. distinctive smell. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you think there was like a pivotal point, like when you stopped wanting to be a footballer or skateboarder, then you just went, food is what I want to do? Was there a moment then that happened? Yeah, I mean, I'm like, like I said, you know, it was watching... watching um, the rise of chefs on on television in the must have been the nineties. I'm mm-hmm. guessing. Yeah, it, it, it was that moment of 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 watching Jamie slide down those stairs <laughs> that I that I thought, um, yeah, this his food looks good, and um, and then I just kind of started. I started cooking for my for my family and some good things, some probably not very good things, and also then my little one man catering business or company if you can call it that yeah where again people who employed me were probably being quite generous um and and nice about what I was doing whether it was any good who knows but uh yeah I I just didn't really look back after that I did go to university I studied a tried to study a uh, (laughs) a kind of degree but but I always knew I wanted to be a chef so the moment I left there it was straight into the kitchen what sort of food were you making in your catering company? Well, probably it probably wasn't wildly exciting. You know, it was kind of, it was small intimate dinner parties to kind of larger things of maybe 40, 50 people. And 
you know, I was probably doing lamb with dauphin noir, things like that. You know, nice, nice food, but but probably not too out of the box. <laughs> um, I wasn't trained, so I had no experience. I was just going on, on, on what I have basically read in in books. Right. Are you ready for a quick fire yes, round of questions? I am. What's your most well thumbed cookbook? So I don't. Uh, this is quick fire, isn't it? So I've got to be quick. Yeah. It's probably Delia Smith, but that was a long time ago. <laughs> okay. Because I don't really use cookbooks anymore. I like to read them, but I don't use them very much. But I, I just know that that's very well thumbed. <laughs> uh, something that's always in your fridge? Sadly, mayonnaise, probably. I don't think it's sadly. Yeah. It's all right. uh, a great cheap eat, so restaurant, pub, market, something like that. There's a place uh, just off the King's Road called uh, Fat Fuck, spelt P-H-U-C. Okay. Really delicious sort of Vietnamese food. Uh, what music do you cook to? All sorts, really. I've got a restaurant play mix that has all sorts of music, whether it be hip hop or Jeff Buckley or listening to quite a lot of Stormzy's new album at the moment. So all sorts, really. Sometimes classical. And now some foodie confessions. What is your biggest cooking disaster? I would say I've, I've got got issues with hot oil. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, I've had issues with hot oil. Sort of A and E. Close. <laughs> oh, yeah, close enough. I mean, my arm, my whole arm was once covered in it. Oh, um, no. It's one of the worst things you can do in a kitchen is not put the gastro properly underneath the um, the valve when you're draining the um, the deep fat fryers, Yikes. and, it, and it, it it goes all over the floor. It takes about two days to clean up so that's happened a few times I don't know why I haven't learned from my mistakes <laughs> no yeah. um, a food you've never tried I'm pretty open to trying everything I haven't yet experienced really wonderful Mexican or Japanese food both cuisines I love mm-hmm. but I've never really I think I, I might need to go to Mexico to try amazing Mexico food and Japanese food you know that really high standard of chef's table Sushi, I, I'd love to try that. That's a great shout. Your guilty pleasure, I don't call it guilty, but yeah. Chip sandwiches. With mayonnaise, I'm guessing. Yeah, if, yeah. I, if it's there, <laughs> yeah. Love chip cob. Yeah. Um, and last question, what makes you optimistic for the future, would you say? I guess the team I've, we've built rather in cricket and the the way that they will shape the future of our business moving forward. We've just started bringing chefs over from India. So bringing over young, enthusiastic, keen cooks is really wonderful to see in the kitchens. We're focusing a lot of our recruitment on on female chefs as well from India, which excites me a lot because the more diverse we can make our kitchens, the better. And bringing people from abroad is a really exciting way to do that so yeah I guess we've got a lot of young keen chefs that I'm excited to see how their careers progress and how they can contribute to to where we're going as well great well thanks Will it's been lovely to talk to you today and I can't wait for you to share your recipe with everyone of Chicken in a Pot yeah thank you very much Thanks for listening and don't forget you can listen to that bonus cook-along episode coming very soon. For details, see bbcgoodfood.com forward slash podcast. See you next time. Bye-bye.